Hello, welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can locate our Facebook page at Baby Boomer Tales. Once there, you can link to our webpage, to all of our podcasts. We have jokes and sentimental sayings and all kinds of stuff that I try to associate with baby boomers on there. It's wonderful having you today. Thank you for joining me. The title of today's episode is Hearing Loss. Hearing is one of the five senses. Our senses are sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. Without one of those, life is more challenging. Or if one doesn't work exactly right, it's challenging enough. So if you have trouble with your eyesight, which so many of us do, you can get glasses. But hearing is a lot different. It's not like if you get hearing aids, it's not like putting a pair of glasses on. It doesn't make your hearing 20-20 or any of that. It just helps a situation that is not a good situation to begin with. So if you know somebody and they have hearing aids and you become frustrated with them because they didn't pick up what you said or you had to repeat it or say it slow or they had to look right at you or whatever... Just show a little patience. They're doing the best they can. Smell's another thing. Can you imagine if you can't smell? That'd be a good situation to have if you're around a skunk. A bad situation if your wife's cooking your favorite meal. Taste is the same thing with a meal. There are people in this world that cannot taste their food. And food is a wonderful thing to sit and enjoy and fellowship while you eat and touch. I think of all the senses, the touch is most important. You can touch somebody in a time of duress and never say a word, and it helps them. You can touch a baby, and the baby knows immediately that that touch is with love. A dog will know if you touch him, if you're friend or foe. In 1980 or so, my wife brought home a Sony Walkman. Remember those? They're a little box, probably four inches by three inches, inch and a half to two inches thick. You popped it open and put a cassette tape in there, had little headphones, and you start playing your cassette tape, and you could listen to it and move around. It's operated on batteries, and it was a great thing. And I remember I just thought that was so cool, and I had a Joe English album. I'm not sure, not everybody was familiar with Joe English, but he was a rock and roller. And I put Joe English in the Walkman, put the headphones on and turned that sucker up and turned it way up and washed the dishes that night. And just dancing around and washing and drying the dishes and having a good old time. A couple days later, I thought I could hear our freezer that was outside of our bedroom in the closet. I thought... Boy, that freezer is really running loud. What's wrong with that thing? I'd get up out of bed and go check it out, and it wasn't running any different than it usually did. It's a pretty new freezer, and it was in good repair, and there's not a thing wrong with it. Well, this went on for a week or so, and finally I told my wife about the freezer, and she became immediately concerned with me. Asked me a bunch of questions. Anyway... She made an appointment with a specialist in Denver 
We went down there and they did a bunch of tests on me and then they put me in an MRI machine. And I remember there were some cartoon pictures of monsters. You lay on your back in this tube and I, I asked them about it and they said it was for little kids to make them feel well and they weren't threatening monsters. It was kind of like Monsters University cartoon, those kind of guys. Well, they injected me with iodine so it would reflect the pictures of the MRI scan, apparently. And I became ill while I was in the tube. And the technicians and nurses kept trying to talk me into not moving, not throwing up, and to relax. And I wasn't uptight or anything going into it. I've never had a problem with claustrophobia or tight spaces or any of that stuff. Long story short, I get out of it and they are very concerned about me and giving me juice and whatever and asking me a bunch of questions, making sure I was okay. And then they let me go home. It's an hour and a half drive back to my hometown from Denver. And you have to go over a mountain pass and I was not feeling well. I was sitting in the passenger seat and my wife was going up into the foothills and our car was pretty new. It wasn't a year old, brand new car. And she said, something's wrong with this car. It won't do anything. So she stopped and I got in. No matter how crummy I felt, I got in the driver's seat. I got it turned around and I realized the clutch was slipping. It was a four on the floor. I back in the day when I thought that was better than an automatic transmission. New car and the clutch goes out. Somehow I coasted back down the mountains into Denver to a dealer. My wife went in and made a couple phone calls. One was to the dealer where we bought it from and it was on the same road. We just couldn't coast any further. Told him what was going on. Told him to come pick the car up and then called some friends to come and pick us up and so they had an hour and a half drive if they left right away to pick us up. And here I am so sick. I'd never been that ill, not with the stomach flu, not with anything. I laid out on the grass by the road, by the sign for the dealership there. Finally, they came. The doctors had told me that I had an iodine reaction. And if I was to ever get another scan like that, under no circumstances, let them inject iodine into my system, it could kill me, and it could have killed me that day. But it didn't. I'm one tough nut, I guess. So what they decided was I had a condition called tinnitus ringing in the ears, and that I had lost some hearing in the upper registers, and it would get worse over time. Uh, I didn't know I had lost any hearing at all. So I went this way for years and years. That was in 1980, maybe. Is that what I said at the beginning? I think it was 1980. And then about the end of 2000, my hearing was noticeably deteriorating. And I did go to an audiologist and have some tests done. And the audiologist asked me things like, well, do you shoot guns? I said, yes, but not very often. Doesn't matter. You sh you're right-handed, right? Yes. How did you know? Well, because your right ear is much worse than your left ear. 
Do you run a lawnmower without hearing protection? Do you run power tools without hearing protection? Do you hang around heavy equipment that's running without hearing protection? And I guess all my answers must have been yes. So then they tried to talk me into getting hearing aids, but I felt that my hearing wasn't so bad, and I was still young enough to think that I would look like an old, old man if I had those hearing aids in my ears. So I passed, thanked them very much, went on my way. So as time went on, my hearing did deteriorate, and I started to become a little bit secluded. I didn't like going with friends to a restaurant because I had no idea what anybody was saying. If we were in a group of people, I usually sat towards the back and didn't participate. My wife gave me a bad time about that and told me that I was acting unfriendly. So from that time on, I would try every once in a while to interject something just to show that I was part of the group. And so I would say something totally not related to the conversation. Everybody would laugh and look at me and joke that I'm such a teaser or such a jokester. And I wasn't at all. I was just trying to fit into my, my group of friends. It started to get so bad that I actually started thinking I, I need to do something. I don't care if it makes me look like I'm from Mars. I need to do something. Of course, I kept putting it off and putting it off. My wife would say, Jim, get the door. And I'd go, what, have you fallen? You're on the floor? Or Jim, go get dressed. And I'd say, I don't have anything on my chest. And things that are even more wild than that, that didn't even sound vaguely like what somebody would say to me. I'd come back and I'd say, you're crazy. What are you talking about? And they looked at me like, what are you talking about, buddy? So anyway, it's a wonder I had any friends at all there for a while. I'm amazed my wife put up with it as long as she did. Finally, we took a trip to Israel and we went on a tour, which I had never really had done before. And it was a great way to see that and a couple other countries in the Middle East. But everywhere we stopped and the tour guide would take you out and show you whatever and talk about it and give you some of the history and stuff. I would just wander off because I could not hear him. Now, don't get me wrong. I could hear him talking. I just had no idea what he was saying. And that was really confusing for me because I could actually hear. I just could not pick up what he was saying or anyone was saying for that matter. When we got home from that, I told my wife, I can't live like this anymore. And we went to a place, had hearing tests, and they told me that I had lost so much hearing, mostly in the upper register. And that made sense because I had the bass turned off on everything. My car stereo, no basses, all the way up on treble and mid, mid-level. Our home TV, I had the bass turned off of that all the way. By that time, I already had four speakers surrounding me just so I could hear, but I couldn't tell what they are saying. I was already having closed captioning on every show I watched. And so they explained to me that I had lost voice recognition also, where my brain actually disconnects from certain sounds, and you don't get that back. I guess you don't learn to walk all over again. It's just gone. And so I've learned how to deal with that. But I got these hearing aids. They were state-of-the-art at the time. 
$6,500, something like that. And it was amazing. I could go to a restaurant and put my setting for what they call restaurants, and I could actually carry on a conversation in a restaurant with friends. I could go out in the wind and turn on the wind setting, and you know that rattle where you see a reporter out in the wind and the, the wind blowing on the microphone? It would take all that away. I had another setting called church or auditorium where you're in a big building where the sound is bouncing off of the ceiling and the walls and there's speakers from all different angles coming at you. And I could set it to that setting and it make it so I could understand what was going on. And then my everyday setting. And I wondered why I went all those years without hearing aids. It was the best $6,500 I ever spent course you don't spend $6,500 every day it's not like going and buying a new shirt I still use closed captioning on my TV I still have my four speakers surrounding me I get the closed captioning machine when I go to a movie but all those are just to help me and help my hearing aids a little life is good and I have my hearing back they say my cochlear is deteriorating and and it'll get worse, and I get them adjusted every three months, and usually they have to get it so I can hear some more trouble, not all bass. I can always tell when it's time for me to go because I'm turning the bass off more and more. But I'm standing, believing they won't get worse. Whenever I go out to work on my property, if it's running a chainsaw or driving my tractor or driving the lawnmower or running the weed eater, doesn't matter. I put on hearing protection, some earmuffs, and go out. And I always take my hearing aids off before I ever leave the house, before I put those on. Well, one day, I was in a hurry, and I forgot. And I had them on, and I had the earmuffs on, and I was standing in my truck cutting a tree branch, trying to reach it, cutting the tree branch, and it was hot. As soon as I got that branch down, I remember jumping off my truck and pulling that earmuff off at the same time. Then I went to take the other side off and I could feel my hearing aid. And Uh-oh. So I rescued that one, but I started looking for the left one that I took off first. Nowhere. There's nowhere. So for the next four hours, my wife, one of our grandsons, and I crawled in the grass back and forth and back and forth. We crisscrossed. We looked with our hands we crawled, we looked under every little blade of grass and leaf there was for that hearing aid and could not find it. Finally, after four hours, I said, if we can't find it in four hours, we're not going to find it. I went in and called the hearing aid place and said, I lost a hearing aid. Before I did that, though, I called the credit card company. I looked and saw how I purchased that years ago. And it was with certain credit cards. So I called them to see if their insurance covers it. And they said, well, you know, if you've done the first two years, but this has been eight years ago or something, and we're sorry, we don't. Call my insurance. And they said, you don't have a rider to protect losing something out in your yard. You can get one. Your agent should have offered that to you. So I was just out of luck. So I went and I had a hearing, new hearing test. They fed me for new hearing aids and told me, now these interact with an iPhone. I did not have an iPhone. I had another type. So I said, well, okay, let me go get an iPhone. When will these be in? 
I went and got an iPhone, and as I was sitting there buying my new iPhone, a random thought came that I would take a leaf rake and go in the area that we had determined that that hearing aid fell off and just try raking up and see if I can rake something up. Got my iPhone and went home, went and got a leaf rake, you know, those springy rakes with metal tines. And I went out and I put the rake down and I pulled it back. And either the first, second, or third pull, just one, two, three, that hearing aid popped up out of the ground about three and a half feet. If I wouldn't have seen it, I would have been blind. Found it just like that. I know it's a miracle from God. It had to be. That sucker was not there. Well, it sat out all night, and it rained a little. I was a little concerned about it. I called the hearing aid place, told them. said, cancel that hearing aid order. And I told them about that, and they said, well, they're designed to take on a little water. See what you have. And there was not one thing wrong with that hearing aid. That was two and a half years ago now, and they're fine. I'm fine. I take care of them like nobody's business. I clean them regularly. I take them in for a three-month checkup like clockwork. I don't know what people did 100 years ago. I guess they just changed their name to Deefy. I knew a man one time. Everybody called him Deefy. And he could not hear. And he did okay. But I was not doing okay. I was not. Thank you for listening. Remember to always take care of your ears. You just can't go buy glasses for them. It doesn't matter if it's something you think, oh, I don't need to put some earplugs in my ears. I think you do. After experiencing what I experienced, it's good to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday.